not always going to be the same. It doesn't mean one's lesser than the other. The last couple of weeks, we've had kind of a really awesome, different kind of flow, and then God's anointing or his hand might be upon different parts of the services to anoint it um, or highlight it, if you will. And so I believe that um, we're going to experience more and more and more and more. He says he moves us from glory to glory, right? And so that means that each time we come together, there may be something a little different. Amen. Actually, I shared with the, um, the ladies, I've been having prayer meetings, um, preparing for Women of Wonder, and we had just about five of us come together um, this last Friday. And we were lifting up Women of Wonder, but we ended up lifting up just the church as a whole and what God wants to do. And um, I started off by sharing a dream I had. Um, this doesn't really have to do with my message, but I feel led to share it. Um, so anyways, in this dream, um, my dad came to visit me. We were, we were about to have service, and my dad is in heaven. But he came to visit me, and I was so excited to see him, and I embraced him. And he said he was coming to visit with my mom, who was still here um, in my dream. And um, anyways, so... He ended up visiting with my mom, but he's like, don't tell her because it's a surprise. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but um, <laughs> it was a surprise. <laughs> he did come get her. But anyways, the Lord. Um, so in the dream, my father represented the father, Father God. And um, in this dream, he ended up giving me words for people in the church. And, and, um, and when I released these words and, and called on certain people, like the fire of God got on them and they would just start like preaching, like with like a fire on the inside of them. And um, then I woke up and I just knew right off the bat that my dad was the father God, Abba Father. <laughs> and... Um, when he, he spoke to me and he said when he releases a word, his presence, his power, his fire is on it. And when that word is released, the fire of God touches the hearts of the people. It ignites the fire within them. Amen. And so whatever the case, I'm just excited what God is doing. And I believe that he is setting our hearts on fire. That we wouldn't be stagnant. That we wouldn't be um, lazy Christians. That we wouldn't be... Um, lukewarm Christians, that we'd actually be ablaze for him. Amen. Um, we don't want to just make it into heaven. We want to bring people with us. Amen. We want to have a bunch of people following, <laughs> following us into heaven. And so, anyways, that was a recent dream I had this week, and it was exciting. Um, I'm going to also share some other dreams with you that inspired this message. It seems like the Lord has been talking a lot to me about clothes. <laughs> In my dreams, I keep on seeing clothes. I'm giving away clothes in, in a lot of dreams. And, um, and clothes represents mantles or anointings. And, um, and that's what the Lord's been talking to me about is mantles and anointings. And I feel led to, to share that with you so that you understand um, somewhat of the difference or the, the mingling of the two. Um, maybe you'll also understand what you walk in. And... Um, be able to pinpoint that this is an anointing or this is a mantle or this is the call of God. And so today we're just going to discuss what God has been discussing with me, which is mantles and anointings. And so I just kind of came up with a couple definitions here. Anointing 
anointings. Um, to anoint means to set someone apart, to authorize and equip him or her for a task of spiritual importance. Jesus Christ, God's son, was set apart by the work of the Holy Spirit for his ministry of preaching, teaching, healing, delivering. And the Holy Spirit sets apart us as Christians for our ministry or for our part in ministry to give glory to God. Amen. Let's see. Acts 13.2, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, which some of us are finishing up today, um, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them to. What does he mean? He says, anoint them, set them apart, anoint them to do the thing that I have called them to do, because now is the time, ooh, the Holy Spirit's on that, because now is the time for them to walk in that. Now, they were already at the right place, sitting under the right ministry, but in this service, the Holy Spirit said, anoint them, because now is the time for them to walk in this ministry that I have for them. A mantle is a glory cloak. It's um, God's glory upon a life for a certain purpose. It's, it's, uh, it's powerful. It's a, it's a mantle or a cloak um, in the Bible days, sometimes made of fur or fine material. Um, I mean, they legitimately wore it and like <laughs> walked around with this cape looking thing, you know. I don't have one of those, but I've given away clothes, um, and those are a form of a mantle. But, but we're talking spiritual here, but they actually, the prophets would wear a certain coat or cloak that was their mantle. But um, there's an anointing that's absorbed in those, right? Because if it's on them while well, they're walking in the anointing, so um, just like Paul's handkerchiefs. Um, so this coat, I, I like this because I had a spiritual dream, and I'm going to share it with you in a moment. But there was cloaks that were made of fur or fine materials. Um, it's a prophet's garment or robe sometimes. Okay, so in 1 Kings 19, 19 and 20, um, this is where um, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, if I'm saying that right, while he was plowing, so he's just minding his business doing his regular job. While he's plowing with 12 pairs of oxen, he's like Chet. He's out there plowing with the tractor, okay, minding his own business. And suddenly a prophet passes over and throws the mantle upon him. Isn't that cool? God's like, you have been called. <laughs> he drops what he's doing, I don't know how quickly after, maybe immediately, and starts following this prophet, because that was his overseer. That was the one he was going to learn from to walk in the prophet's mantle or call. Isn't that so cool? And so, you know, you can have a regular job, but also be called in the ministry. A pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, just because you're working to provide for your family doesn't mean that you're not in the ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. So what comes with a mantle is 
power, um, position, authority, protection, respect, and honor, right? But anointings is what equips you to do the, the, do the call, right? And so Paul and Barnabas were set apart. They were anointed that day to go do their call, to walk in their mantle, right? Um, so so there's, there's the call, the cloak that, that signifies the call, the, the position, the mantle, and then there's an anointing to fulfill that mantle, to fulfill that call. So today we're talking about mantles and anointings. Both are given. You can't choose. You can't just work towards one. Both are given by the Holy Spirit. It's God who appoints. It's God who calls. It's God who anoints. Amen? They cannot be naturally received because of good works. Um, I believe every single one of us are born to wear some sort of anointing and some sort of mantle because God's no respecter of persons. We're all called to go out into all the world and preach the gospel, and it's going to take an anointing from the Holy One to be able to preach and have boldness and, and release the glory of God. We're all called to host the Holy Ghost, amen, and, and, and be a vessel fit for the Master's use. And so um, what we need to talk about today mainly is it's important of what you're going to do. How am I going to fulfill, like we are talking about um, walking and singing about the fullness how am I going to walk in the fullness of the anointing or the mantle? Or how am I going to discover the mantle or the anointing that God's called me to walk into? Um, because God's no respecter of persons. But first of all, we need to understand is it's a journey. It's a process, right? Um, if you heard Pastor Nick's testimony, you would know that he was not always Pastor Nick. We'll have you share that sometime. <laughs> some of us grew up in a Christian home. Some of us didn't. So there's different kinds of processes for each one of us, right? I started off in toddler class. Then I was in children's church. Then we were in youth group for like 12 years. We kind of got stuck there for a while. <laughs> Just kidding. And then um, trans transferred over to assistant pastor. Then God called us to go start a ch church for a few years in North Carolina. Then we came back, and all of it was preparation. Different anointings, different mantles that I was progressing in, that we were progressing in to fulfill and walk in the fullness of what it is. And I still don't think we're fully there. Um, there's more. Even though we see what God's doing, it's, his yoke is easy and his burden's light. It just seems so ridiculously easy what we're doing in Pakistan. And that's because it's God, because God's in it. And, and so many souls are coming to the Lord and whatever. So today I'm just kind of talking to you, and this is a different, it's more of a teaching, okay? So just understand that. Um, we need to position ourselves in this, this um, walking towards the fullness of what God has for us. We need to realize it's a process, and we need to make sure that we're in position to walk in that which God has called us to walk in. We need to respect authority and respect those that God has put over us to help instruct us to walk and fulfill that call. We need to honor them. Um, we need to serve under someone like Elijah and Elisha. We need to serve under someone um, like Samuel served under another prophet, 
right? To learn and to grow and to flourish and see what does that gift look like? What does it look like to walk in the ministry? To have that mantle. Learn everything you can from serving. But wait your turn. <laughs> it's coming. I remember, um, and the Lord has shown me things for years, but um, we moved, because um, when we first moved back, God gave me a word that, and a vision of what he wanted to do in the church. And, and there's many words over this church and, and from long ago. And I remember I was sitting right there and I was next to my dad and, and um, I turned around and the thought was just in my heart. Do you ever not even vocalize it, but just wonder in your heart? And I thought, Lord, when are you going to do this, this, this stuff that you have said? And I mean, before I could even like, move to a next thought, I, in response, the Lord spoke to me, in due season. And I'm like, okay, I actually didn't expect you to respond so quickly, so okay, thank you, Lord, but not fully realizing what he was meaning. And I want to say like two or three days passed, and it was like I kept hearing that phrase go over and over and over in my heart. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, you're talking to me. Okay, so I'll sit down and I'll study what in due season means, and it means in your season. And... Um, we each have a season, and there is always going to be a process in that season of you to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. But it's up to us to pursue it. The Word of God says his gifts and his callings are without repentance, right? It means that they're there, and he doesn't repent, and he's not going to take it back if you kind of like put a pause on it for a while because you're distracted by things in this world. It's always there for you to start picking up and pursuing. But you could choose to let it lay dormant for the rest of your life. And it would just bring, you know, sadness to the Lord's heart and also unfulfillment in your heart. Do you ever see someone jump from job to job to job to job? Yeah. It's because there's a lack of fulfillment. Because they need to seek the Lord and find out what is it that God has called them to do. Amen. In your season. Um, that's what the Lord spoke to me. And when I got it, I realized, okay, Lord, so I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient, but I'm going to hold you to your word. Amen? We need to have patience because God watches over his word. And he performs it, not us. He performs it. Amen. So talking about when God calls you, Jeremiah 1.5, he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And you could say, he knew me before he formed me in my mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So if you're applying it to yourself, whether that be prophet, pastor, teacher, doctor, mother, father, you know, whatever title the Lord leads you to, he's anointed you and called you before you were even formed in your mother's womb and he appointed you, which means he equipped you, which means he called you and anointed you and he put a mantle upon your life to fulfill. A calling upon your life to fulfill. It's a matter of you pursuing that call. I remember when I was a teenager, I've said it so many times, it's because it's my story. But I remember as a teenager being distracted by every boy 
that walked past me. <laughs> that was my focus. And until the school um, season was about to end, and I sincerely went before the Lord, and I said, what am I supposed to do? Everyone's going to college, and I have no desire to go to college. I did not have a desire at all. Like, I was just making it. I didn't fail or anything like that, but I was just making it through high school to make it through. It wasn't my desire to take classes I didn't need to take, anything like that. But what am I supposed to do? And the Lord spoke to me exactly, you're going to Rama Bible College. I mean, I heard him as clear as day. And I ran home to tell my parents, and they're like, oh, we know. <laughs> they hadn't told me, but they're like, we know. And um, I'm glad they didn't tell me so I can get it, and then that was just confirmation. Aren't you glad that, da that Daddy, <laughs> that God doesn't just leave it up to you to figure out? But you got to ask. You have not because you ask not. So some of us are wandering around because we haven't simply asked him, Lord, what do you want me to do? What have you designed me for? What have you equipped me for? What have you anointed me for? What mantle, what calling have you placed in, upon my life that will bring fulfillment and bring you glory? This is why we're here, to bring him glory. And you don't need to worry. Like God's not going to put you as a preacher if you're called to beautify the outside of the church. You know, I mean, you're anointed. Some people are anointed to, to take care of flowers. I'm always amazed at my father-in-law's yard. It's so gorgeous. And I, my flowers are, they've died now. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> they've made it through the Bible studies. That's all I cared about. <laughs> Where he's called you, he's anointed you. You have, like we talked about last week, you have what it takes to do what God's called you to do. In Psalms 37, 23, it says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their life. So he cares about the decisions you make because he wants to make sure you're on the right path that leads to the fulfillment of walking in that mantle. He cared about Elisha following Elijah because he wanted to make sure that he walked in the mantle and the call of God that was on his life. He was going to walk in double the anointing than the prophet that he followed. He wanted to display his glory through him. So it was so important that he would order his footsteps. God doesn't leave us grasping at straws in the dark. He makes it clear if we will ask him, we'll receive direction by the Holy Spirit. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust, just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't try to figure out, like, how's that going to work? Where's the money going to come from? You know, I was a teenager. I didn't have a job, you know, and, and I'm going to be sent away to college in another state without my family, never having had, you know, a full-time job. Now I'm going to have college and have to pay for an apartment. But the minute I heard the Lord, I didn't question How's this going to work out? I just trusted the Lord with all my heart. And I leaned not to my own understanding so that in all my ways I would acknowledge him and he could take care of me. He would direct my path. Hallelujah. So God's created each one of us with a purpose and a plan in mind. 
In Proverbs 19.21, he says, Many are the plans in a man's mind or heart. We have big ideas, things that we think we want to do. But it says it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail or that will stand and be carried out. It's the Lord's purpose that will cause you to prosper and be fulfilled in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God does not, like, like we said, um, I want to just give you the reference here. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. It means God's called you and gifted you, but it's up to you whether or not you obey. He gifts us all along a certain line, and he equips us for it. Some of us need a service like today. God showed me a vision, and um, I wasn't planning on doing anything. I mean, I just wait for him to show me things. <clears throat> but I was back in the, in the office, and uh, you can give me a hand because I was here at 9.30. Thank you very much. I often prepare a lot at home and then fly here, yeah. So anyways, um, I was back there studying and just looking over my message and meditating on the word, and I saw a vision, and it's real particular. Um, it's a line of people, and it's just me here, and I'm just real quickly anoint, 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 anoint. Um, why? Because if God's already equipped you, and he's already called you, and he's already anointed you to do something, why would we need to anoint? Because sometimes things are laying dormant. Sometimes we need to stir up those gifts of God, amen? And 2 Timothy 1.6 says um, to, to fan the flame of God. Stir up the gift of God. Fan the flame of God through the laying on of hands. And so because he showed me that, I'm going to do that. Amen? And you're going to get those gifts rekindled today. Right? And, and some of you don't even know what God's called you to do. Today, he's going to start showing you. Amen? And today, maybe you, you have known what he wants you to do, but you don't know how to get there. Today, he's going to start showing you that path. Expect it. Expect it. Because he showed me to do that, to stir up the gifts, and so he's going to stir up the gifts. And, and that might mean that it's time to get active in the church and stop just sitting on the church pew. Why? Because you have something to give. You're anointed to be a part of this body. The hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. Right? We can't say just because uh, we don't see our heart or our liver or our kidneys that we don't have need of it. Not everybody is the head or the eyes, right? Not everybody is the one who's going to have a microphone, but the ones that are vital organs in our body are things we desperately need. Which means God needs you to fulfill the call and the mantle upon your life. And you need God to fulfill it and stir it up and reveal it to you by the Spirit. Sometimes people, and I'm just saying this, sometimes people have to test things out to figure out where their calling is, and there's nothing wrong with that. To find out where your calling is, sometimes you need to find out, oh, I'm not really great as a greeter because um, they removed me because I was talking too much or <laughs> I was too crabby or whatever. <laughs> but maybe I'm excellent with children, and I didn't even know it because I'd never even been with children, you know. You'll find out. Let God lead and guide you. Stop sitting around waiting for something to drop in your lap. 
Ask and you shall receive. Seek and then you'll find. So God wants the body of Christ to be mobile. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to push forward and make progress to walk in the anointing. Understand the anointing is to give away. It's not just for you. So if you're not doing anything, why should you be anointed? Why should you have the power of God upon your life if you're not going to give it away? How can, and so just ask the Lord, how can I be a blessing? Some people are blessed to be a blessing. We talked uh, earlier this last year that there's certain people that are called to be, um, what is the word where I prayed over you guys financially? Huh? Benefactors. Some people are blessed to be a blessing. They're to be benefactors for the work of the ministry. That is a call of God. Now, others are, are blessed and anointed to be in hospitality, like take care of the things of the house, make it clean, make it organized. I'm, I'm, I have that, but I can't do that. I can't do everything. I would love to go make the fellowship hall look pretty. I don't have the time. So some of you who have that, step up. Step up. <laughs> we need you and the Lord needs you because this ship won't sail without you. We need you. You have to progress and make a move and move towards the mark. Move towards the calling that God has for you and don't just expect it. You know, a doctor, somebody who knows that they're called to be a doctor and, 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 and help and health and, and things like that, they can't just sit by and be like, I want to be a doctor. I believe I'm called to be a doctor, but then never go to school. I don't want them operating on me. <laughs> right? So there's a season of learning, there's a season of growing, and there's a season of developing in your gifting and in your call, and you got to start somewhere, right? So my ultimate call wasn't to, to be um, a children's pastor, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> or a youth pastor, praise you, Lord. No, <laughs> but I never wanted to be a pastor, I'll tell you that. It was dropped into my spirit somewhere along the way. There's progression in the anointing and the call of God on your life. But you have to be pressing forward, pressing into God, spending time with God so that he can reveal those things to you um, by his spirit or anoint you. Hallelujah. I've shared this with you before too, but I'm telling you my progression. Um, we were youth pastors. I'm, I'm talking to the Lord in my car, and I'm headed over to my parents' house, and um, I'm focused on something natural. I'm crying to the Lord about something totally natural that was just going to fade away anyway, so it didn't matter. And um, the Lord starts showing me a vision of what he had for me, and I was preaching to a crowd in another country, a big crowd. And I'm like, my mindset is like, you know, we had like 100 youth at the time. My mindset was like these youth. My mindset wasn't traveling the world, other country, preaching the gospel and seeing the sick healed. And so my mindset was smaller, but God's ways and his thoughts for us are bigger, right? And so God starts revealing this to me, and I was like, what? Who am I? How am I going to do that? 
you know? And then the Lord responded to me immediately, and he said, well, that's what Moses said. And we talked about this last week. You'll never feel like enough, but it's that you're not without God. With God, you can do all things. Amen? Amen? And so, but when God gives you a vision, it puts a desire in your heart to want to see that. It puts a desire in your heart to want to head towards that. It gives you a goal. Because without a vision, the word of God says the people perish. Without a goal to head towards, like Proverbs 29, 18 says it, without a vision, the people perish. You're running aimlessly like a chicken with his head cut off. (laughs) They still run. And they can't do that anymore, though. Um, But aimlessly running doing things that, that, that aren't really amounting to anything, not bringing fulfillment, but somebody who has a vision, has their eyes set on the goal. They have something to progress towards, something to press towards. And as you seek the Lord, he'll show you, the Bible says it, he'll show you which steps to take and which paths to take and who to sit under. There's a reason you're here. There's somewhere for you. There's something for you to fulfill in the plan of God for your life. And, and, and it might not always be in that certain spot. Allow God to transform you and bring you from glory to glory. But start somewhere. Start asking the Lord, where and what do you have me to do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to understand that we need patience, though. That's what I was being impatient when I looked around to, and, and what God had shown me wasn't happening yet in the church. And I was like, Lord, when's this going to happen? Because I know you tell me the truth. I know your word is true. And you didn't just speak it to me. You spoke to so-and-so and so-and-so. I was having this conversation all during worship. And he said, in due season, well, that didn't mean immediately either. When, I was, when the baton was handed to me, it didn't mean immediately. And Galatians 6, 9 tells us, let's not get tired of doing what is good. For at just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Did anyone ever win a race or finish a race if they threw in the towel? Because it got hard. Running isn't easy for me, maybe for Joan. But it's not easy. There's things that arise. There's roadblocks that arise. There's, there's um, attacks of the enemy that arise because you're doing the right thing. Look at Paul. He said, I press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. This is my goal, to press and fulfill the call of God upon my life. No matter what comes, thrown in prison, left for dead, mobbed, nothing, nothing. <laughs> is going to move me. Nothing. And we need to have that mindset, asking God for the vision, but then pressing towards it and not allowing the distractions, the hindrances, the attacks, anything to move us. Once after going through a difficult time, I want to say it was, it was around the time my dad passed, because I remember the house we were in. We just got through a really difficult time and I had a visitation from the Lord. And he came into my living room as I was just doing my regular time of worship and just devotions. 
He even showed up, my dog sitting next to me. <laughs> she would never let me have devotions without being there with me. I was not a dog lover at the time. So it was annoying. <laughs> but whatever the case, um, Jesus walked into the living room. I could just feel his presence. And when that still presence comes into the room, you could hear a pin drop. He walked in and stood in front of me. And he put a crown on my head. And I said, what's this for? And he says, it's a crown of victory. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to look that up in the word to make sure this is you. <laughs> the Bible says to test the spirits. And I did test. And uh, when I asked him, is Jesus Christ, him himself, God's son come in the flesh? <laughs> He's like, yes, look it up. <laughs> But he says, after you've endured a time of testing, you'll receive a crown of victory or a crown of life. And I received this. It was a, it was, it means that sometimes be, you're rewarded for progressing, even though it's a difficult thing you have to push through. And it was an honor. And it's something I didn't know that he did, really, to be honest. But he honors you for continuing to do what he's called you to do even in the hard times. And it's an honor to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in what I've asked you to do. Now I'm going to make you ruler over much. I don't think that's just in the next life. I believe we, we move from mantle to mantle, from glory to glory, from anointing to anointing. We progress in what he's called us to. But you have to understand it's up to you to make progress. It's up to you, like Paul said, oh, I do need a tissue. <laughs> it's up to you to make progress. It's up to you to press forward towards that mark, towards that calling. Or you could stay stagnant sitting in, in the same spot, and that would be boring. So I can see why people give up, because it's boring if they're not moving forward. So he says, don't get tired of doing what is good for you'll reap if you faint not. So there's a, prog there's, there's a process, there's a, a progress you need to make. You weren't born walking, were you? You weren't born talking, were you? You weren't born eating solid food, were you? Running marathons? No. So it is spiritually in the call of God upon our life. We weren't born, even though we were born or Jeremiah was born with the call of God and with God's plans that he had for him, already planned out. It doesn't mean that it was instantaneous. As soon as he came out of his mother's womb, he was prophesying. No. He had to grow up, naturally, spiritually. He had to learn from somebody. And he had to be obedient to pursue the call. What has God shown you? What has he revealed to you? Sometimes it seems a little scary, or like for me, it was kind of too big, and I was like, who am I to do that? Don't worry. Just say yes. 
because he knows what he created you to do, and he's already equipped you to do it, but you need to progress towards it. And you need to lay off the things that seem to hinder you, the things of the flesh, things that are sin. Throw off those things that hinder you. Hallelujah. I'm going to share with you a dream I had, and see this where this where this takes us. Um, in this dream, I'm ready for the Lord to use me, yet I'm running late for church. So I decide to come, and I run here in my pajamas. They're cute, but I'm in my pajamas. And I run back to my office. And um, I have a wardrobe where all these clothes for church are hanging. And I decide what to put on. And when I put it on, I'm ready. And I go out into the service, and man, the presence of God is there, and God just moves powerfully. And then I wake up. And I knew that God was telling me that he's given me many mantles. He's given me several callings, several anointings to walk in, but I need to put them on. I need to walk and progress in these things in order that I would fulfill what God has called me to do. In order to be ready. In order for you to be ready, you got to prepare. You can't just show up all of a sudden one day in your pajamas and be doing what God wants you to do. You got to put on that anointing. You got to put on that call and you got to progress towards it. You got to be at the right place at the right time, receiving the right instructions. Hallelujah. And he'll move you from mantle to mantle. Joseph is a really good example of this. God gives him a dream. And in this dream, you know, his brother's wheat is bowing down to him, and him, he's standing tall. Then he has another dream about the stars all bowing down to him, really both saying the same thing, you're going to rule over your family. Oh, <clears throat> he had a big mouth, but he didn't ask God how is this going to progress and, and whatnot. But nevertheless, God's plans will prevail, right? Some of us maybe made a little mess of things. Maybe we got out of the plan of God for a season. But thank you, Jesus, that his plans will prevail and his gifts and callings have not been revoked. You can get back on and keep on pressing forward. Hallelujah. Well, it looks like things are messed up because he messed up by sharing it. His cloak of many colors is taken. You could say his mantle, but people can't steal your mantle. That's just the call of God on your life. But you can kind of get out of order. <clears throat> But no, they didn't steal it from him. They stole his coat. And so then he goes into a new season, and he's still believing this word, but he goes into a new season where um, he takes on another position in Potiphar's house. He's a chief in Potiphar's house, like an assistant to the ruler. Then he gets accused of adultery with his wife or rape and uh, he runs because the enemy tries to hinder us will maybe lie sometimes or cause temptations or whatever and he has to run 
He gets thrown in jail. And then, fasting, fast forward, he changes his mantle again. This is God's progression with Joseph. Changes his mantle again, and he becomes prime minister of Egypt. Now, this is the fulfillment of his dreams. He now has the authority to save his family. All along, even though things got rough and tough, he progressed. And he ended up where he needed to be. So, does it, so, so when we're walking and fulfilling the call of God in our lives, it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. But just stay still before the Lord. Stay, stay receptive to the Lord, to his leading, to his guidance. To make sure that you're at the right place receiving the right impartation, the right anointing, the right instruction, the right training to walk. I believe you're here on purpose because you could be in any other mega church and slip in and slip out and nobody would know. But you're here because you want to learn, you want to grow, and you want to be noticed. And I just pray that we notice you. Pray that God would reveal to you what he has for you. Amen. So we'll change and we'll move from glory to glory and from anointing to anointing and, and mantle to mantle like Joseph until we walk in the fullness. And I believe there's more for me. I know there's more for me because he's shown me. So I have this vision and I press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Amen. And there is going to be a process because the Bible says in John 13, 16 that we're not greater than our master. And even Jesus himself went through some hardships, some temptation, before he walked in the power of God. Let's look at that real quick. In Luke 4, 1 through 14, it says, then Jesus, I mean, he's full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit to be tempted. So just because you're led to a church doesn't mean there's not going to be difficulty in the season that you're in. So don't be leaving just because there's difficulty, because there's going to be difficulty everywhere. More so if you get out of the plan of God. So then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing. He's on a fast. He ate nothing at the time. He's very hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus, you know, over and over, he says, this is what the Word says. This is what the Word says. He resists temptation. And I'm going to just fast forward here. The final temptation, Jesus says, you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity. And it says this, after his season of temptation, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit and his power. And reports went about him everywhere, spreading quickly through the whole region. So he had a season of no miracles. Then now he's stepping over into, because he, he was a teacher, he was a preacher. And then he's baptized. Then he goes through a season of hardship while on the fulfilling of his call. Now he's going to step into a new mantle, and that's a mantle of miracle signs and wonders. A new call. But he had to go through that, just like Joseph had to go through some, some different things. What does the Bible says that? Um, James, in James, he says that, that um, 
This is a trying of your faith and it works patience and that you'll be entire needing nothing. When you go through troubles, he's like, count it all joy. Because you're going to need nothing. You're going to, as you endure this, you're going to need nothing. Jesus endured the temptation and afterwards he's filled and clothed with the Holy Spirit and he didn't need anything. All he needed was the word of God. The power of God. To fulfill God's call. We need each other. We need God's leading and guidance. And we need to fulfill the call. The reason you're here. We need to find out what it is. And if you've been sitting on it, you need to get up and stir it up. Stir it up. Ask the Lord for a fresh vision. Ask the Lord to stir it up. Ask the Lord for a fresh anointing so you can fulfill what he's called you to do. There's always a season of preparation, even for Jesus. In um, 2 Kings 2, um, you can write it down to read the story, but 1 through 15, Elisha takes up the mantle of Elijah. But remember, we just saw that he threw his cloak on him while he's plowing the field. Well, then he follows him for a number of years and, and then receives that mantle. And not only that, the anointing on him is double the anointing that was on his, the, his forerunner. <laughs> so we need to learn and to grow, and there's a process. He knew he was called to, 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 to follow in his footsteps and to be a, a prophet from that moment. Maybe before that, I don't know. But he threw that on him, and that was a statement saying, you're called to be the next prophet. But it wasn't immediate. He had to follow in his footsteps. He had to learn. He had to grow and see what, what does this look like. Amen? What am I trying to say is you're called. You're anointed. God has before he formed you in your mother's womb, he had a mantle for you, a calling for you to head towards. But you need to find out what that is so you go towards it. Amen? Um, I think about Samuel. Samuel had to actually learn what the voice of God sounded like. And here he's going to be a prophet, but at some point he had to learn God's voice. Got to start somewhere, right? Um... I'm going to share with you a dream, and then, and then I'm going to share with you this passage. So if you're following, following me the back there, Chad, I'm going to share the dream first. Um, Amber, I didn't even tell you this, but, but I had a dream about Amber. And she's about to ride on a bike, which I don't even know if you have a bike, but, but she's about to ride on a bike in a race. Okay. And I'm there, and I'm helping her prepare. And we're, we're noticing it's a little chilly out. And she, all she has is like that thin biker jacket thing like made out of spandex and has a zipper but um so all she has on is that and, and we're noticing it's a little chilly so I go to get like this coat <laughs> and it has a fur collar remember we talked about what mantles were made of and when I saw that I was like oh that's so cool so anyways um the specific mantle coat that I put on her had a fur collar she starts to put it on just one arm and we notice it's way too big and then I look up, 
And Jim Hockaday was looking from a little bit of a distance. He's like, hey, why should, why should you put it on my coat? <laughs> it was his coat. It, in other words, it was his mantle. It was his call. And then I woke up. But I believe God was revealing to us that we can't put on or be or walk in someone else's call. It's different, Elisha, to Elijah. God called him to be the next one. Or like for me and my dad, God called me to be the next one, right? So there's that. But you can't just go around deciding, I want to walk in that anointing. That anointing looks good. I want to do that. You can't do that unless God's called you to do that, okay? So as God reveals to you because you're seeking his face and he reveals to you your call, walk in that because that's the one you're clothed for. It was funny how Jim was like, let's see what happens here. <laughs> she decided, I don't need it, and she took off. And um, we have, we're not created to walk in someone else's anointing. We have what it takes to run our race. He's equipped us with certain anointings to fulfill the plan he has for us. And we don't need someone else's mantle or anointing unless it's that person that we're called to pursue to follow or, or receive their mantle like Elijah to Elisha. And I love this because God gave me, gave me this dream and all of a sudden it reminds me of David and King Saul. Do you remember, and I don't want to read it all here, but 1 Samuel 17, 17 13 through 40. I'm going to start with verse 38. David stands up. I mean, he had killed the lion. He had killed the bear. I mean, he's anointed already to be king. Pretty cool. So he already knows he's called. He already knows there's a mantle upon his life, but he knows it's not time. But he's also annoyed and he has an anger at the enemy that's trying to come against the, the armies of God. And he hears this giant blaspheming God. And he gets angry and the anointing on the inside of him rises up. And he comes to the king and he's like, I will fight against him. This little boy, I'll do it. He knew his anointing. Your anointing will give you boldness to do what you've been called to do, even if others don't see it. And he's like, I'll do it. And King Saul's like, kind of says no at first, but then he's like, okay, well, he's pretty excited about this. Nobody else is standing up, and I'm not going to do it. So he puts, he's like, okay, okay, you can do it. Let me just make sure you're protected so I don't look bad. So he puts his, his cloak on him, his mantle, if you will. He puts on his armor on him, and David took a couple steps, and he's like, whoa, tipping over. And he's like, I can't do this in your armor. I'm going to take up what God has given me. And I will use it, and God will anoint it, and I will fulfill this. You've got what it takes. The anointing from the Holy One is all it takes to fulfill what you're called to fulfill. You just got to find out what it is and head towards it, press towards it. Isn't that good? It was exactly my dream. We know he killed, the, uh, he killed the lion, the bear. He killed the Philistine, and then he becomes king. Hallelujah. Well, he becomes, um, 
one of the king's fighters, I don't even know what, one of the king's army lead, lead men, and then he moves up from mantle to mantle to mantle. Starts as a shepherd boy. The prophet starts as a plow, plower. <laughs> I don't have the technical terms. Hallelujah. So I believe God's revealing to us there's a process. There's a growth. And don't get discouraged because of growth. He says you'll reap if you faint not. Don't give up. Just keep moving forward. Just keep pressing forward to what lies ahead. You have got what it takes. Paul said it in um, Philippians 3.14. I press forward towards the mark, the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. I'm writing a book. God gave it to me over 10 years ago. I just wrote my seventh chapter this week. And it was off of this. Hallelujah. But guess what it's called? Progression. And it's about progressing in the anointing. And I was reading this and going over my, and the dreams and things like that. And I was like, wow, this is really like my book. And the Lord was like, yeah, it's the seventh chapter. <laughs> and I put it in there and it was, it was awesome. It was like 12 pages. Um, so hallelujah. And he told me that when I, um, I was kind of overwhelmed by writing a book, actually, to be honest. It's not something I thought I could do. But if he said you can do it, you can do it. You've got it, right? But he told me you've already written it. It's, a, it's, it's your messages. And he just has to show me which ones. Then it becomes easy. His yoke is easy. His burden's light. I just want to encourage our ministry team here, and I believe this is for everybody too, but I also want to share one more dream I had because it has to do with mantles. Um, ever since we taught on dreams, by the way, who here has had more dreams? Okay. It has massively increased in my own life since I taught on dreams. <laughs> and, um, and God's giving the interpretations easier and easier. Um, but anyways, in this dream, we are about, at this church, about to have a minister's conference. And we are about to have Jay and Tammy Hoskins. We have Ann and Kevin. And I couldn't see everybody, but I knew that we just had everybody that we've ever had here. The ministers that we have come through, they were all there. And, um, and then I come up with this idea, <laughs> or God comes up with this idea, that each one of us um, pairs of ministers are to buy new clothes, a new outfit, for each one of these ministers. So it's like Nick and Jeannie would be in charge of um, the Durants. And me and Clayton, we were in charge of Jay and Tammy Hoskins. And, and in my dream, and, and so we were all assigned different ones. And in my dream, I was thinking, man, this could get really pricey. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if we can do this. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, God gave me an idea that I could take him to TJ Maxx. Not quite Ross, but a little step above TJ Maxx. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. We can afford this. We can do this. And then I woke up, right? Actually, we took them there. And they were all excited and happy and purchasing these new clothes. But then I woke up. But God started to show me that we have much to give. And we can give it because 
we do respect and honor those we bring in because God has led us to have them in to, so that we can grow and learn from their anointings, right? And the Lord instructed me to have prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, different ones in with different giftings because I don't have them all. But and so we need to, to learn from all the ministry gifts. But, um, but in this dream, I thought, well, I don't have what it takes. We don't have what it takes. But really what God was saying is, you can do this. You do have what it takes. This is how you're going to do it. So we got to stop uh, putting on the brakes, so to say, dragging our feet because we don't have it all figured out yet. So God is showing us that we have much to give, that we, your ministry team, or you even, have been given mantles that you could even minister to the ministers, that you can release a fresh anointing upon each one of them. He was telling me, you have what it takes. You are anointed, and you do have what it takes. You're called, even if you felt in yourself you couldn't do it. Remember, like we talked about last week, Christ is in you. In Christ, we can do all things who strengthens us. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, that was just another, he just keeps talking to me about mantles and, and clothing, which is mantles, and that we have, uh, we should give this. And, and <laughs> he gives us anointings to give it. It's not to keep it and to get like warm fuzzies. Those are nice sometimes. But it's so that we can bless others. We're blessed to be a blessing. Right? We're anointed to give each other a boost in the spirit so you can keep on fulfilling the call. I kind of want to take a, I'm talking to the Lord about it. I want to take a natural uh, step to that dream, though. And I believe, like, we'll take each couple and, and assign the different ministers to be praying over them and, and releasing blessing upon them, even if it's a, uh, sowing a seed or if it's just prayer or, or speaking a word into their lives or, or what. But we have something to give that will encourage. I remember um, Jim Hockaday came here one time. And, you know, you respect these people so much and, and you don't really think about what they may go through personally. And uh, <laughs> I was really blessed by this. By his, um, just his candidness and his just willingness to, to be real. And um, it was, we were done with the services and me and my mom took him to the mall because we had some time to waste before taking him to the airport. And we're in the car and he's just talking and he, he turns, I'm sitting in the back, my mom's driving, and he says, you know, this is the hardest season of my entire life. Will you pray for me? So we, he asked us. We had something to give. He put a demand on the anointing. And I laid hands on his back, and my mom began prophesying over him, and I saw a vision of him running. And I told him, you make it. Don't let it hinder you. Don't let it hold you back. Keep running. God has so much more. This is just a roadblock. It's just the enemy. You'll reap if you faint not. He said he was so encouraged. So encouraged. So don't ever, um, even for you, don't ever 
think, who am I to give a word or who am I to say a prophecy or share a vision or whatever? If, if you have something for one of your ministers, ministry team, we need it. We need to be encouraged. Yes, we're here to be a blessing to you, but we need to be encouraged. You've got what it takes. Amen? You've got the anointing of the Holy One living on the inside of you. I want to pray a prayer over you, and then I just also am going to release that anointing that I saw, okay? Normally, I'd have the whole ministry team, but I'm going to do exactly how God showed me. I don't want to, like, add or take away from what God said. So let's just bow our heads. Father, we just pray right now. I just pray right now, Lord, that you're the one who created each one of these people here. You're the one who put gifts on the inside of them, anointed them to fulfill their call, Lord, as your children. Father, I ask you today, would you make known to them what you have anointed them to do? Lord, would you anoint them today and stir up that anointing upon each and every one of their lives? Father, I pray today, Lord, would you come to them with a fresh anointing, a fresh grace, Lord, to fulfill the call on their lives? Stir up, Lord, the vision before them, Lord, so that they can press forward towards that vision, towards that goal. Father, I just ask you, Lord, because without a vision, they perish, they, they, they grow stagnant. Father, I just pray right now, give them fresh vision, Lord. Give them a fresh excitement. Give them a zealousness, Lord, to seek after you, Lord, to fulfill what you've called them to. Show them, Lord, what you have in store for them so they can get excited. Show them your heart, Lord, and that you've never stopped calling them. Show them, Lord, what you've equipped them with to do your work, to bring you glory, to bring you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Well, um, I don't know, Ted, how you want to do this, but I saw them lined up on this side here, and they're just going to come in one by one. You can put on some music there. Go ahead and line up. <laughs> 